Welcome to The Wine Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm Nick Bojard, and with me today I have, as normal, Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good. I am here again. You uh, are. That? That's a bit of a surprise, where, isn't it? Where are we? What are we drinking? <laughs> where are we in lockdown? Yes, I, I happen to be at home. Where do you happen to be, Nick? I happen to be at home, too. What a surprise. Well, this is a surprise. Yes. I wonder what the outside looks like. Anyway. I've got a I've got a very tiny window. I can just see grey clouds. Ah, uh, yeah, it is a bit of a dull day, isn't it? it is. Yes, yes. Um, I tell you what, though, I, one of the the benefits of being at home is you uh, you do get to spend a little bit of time uh, cleaning out little bits of the house that you haven't sort of got into in a while, and in the back of the cellars you find all sorts of things. And I've got this lovely um, twenty fourteen <laughs> organic meritage. Very so, nice, from, uh, British Columbia. So a little, um, little area called the um, the Okanagan Valley. It's mm-hmm. um, I don't know, four hundred kilometres east of um, Toronto. And my wife went there and picked this up when she was there. So um, it's very very, very nice. nice. Pyramid nice Winery, indeed. they call it. Um, bit of a strange fellow that runs it, but um, eh, hey, each to their own. Um, it's a little place just on the edge of a little village or town called Kalauna. Okay, but um, and I, saw, and it, well, I I have something different, of course, because we're not drinking the same bottle. So I have a Fraser Gallup Estate, which is one I'm not familiar with from the Margaret River. It's a 2017 uh, Parterre Cabernet Sauvignon with 86% Cab Sav, 5% Petit Verdot, 5% Merlot, 2% Cabernet Franc, 2% Malbec, probably some other stuff in there as well. Estate grown, hand picked, and matured for 18 months in new and second used French oak. Oh. So, so you know, here's a, here's an interesting thing. Uh, this, so this is a meritage, uh, which we don't really have as a common thing here. It's actually a licensed name based upon uh, a blend of various grapes. So in, yep. in the US, uh, well, let me go back. In France, in the Bordeaux region, they don't make a, like what we would traditionally know as just as a Shiraz, for example. Mm-hmm. They make whatever they grow and they put it into a wine. Here's right. the wine. It could be a blend of this. It could be a blend of that. It could be some of this. And the winery next door will just, whatever they grow, they'll put it into a bottle. And they call it, that's their winery's wine. So you could actually be drinking some sort of a blend of this or that. or some, And it could be different every year. It could be a, but normally it's the same sort of thing because the grapes generally don't change that much. Um, but, of course, with champagne, when you go into the US and, and other parts of the world and try to put all these blends together, Said, oh no, no, you can't call it like a, a Bordeaux-like sort of red. It's that's a licensed part of France. Yeah, you're not allowed to use that. So um, they came up with this term called the Meritage for a blend, and it's a licensed name that they sort of use to say, look, we're going to call stuff Meritage instead of trying to call it fake Bordeaux. Yep. Um, okay. It's really, it's a it's a blend of grapes basically, and um, it's actually quite nice. There's a lot to it. Of course, we don't really do that in Australia. We just go look. It's Fred's wine. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and here's what it's got. So that's that's fascinating. Now, we have a super interesting topic. I think it's quite topical um, yes. today. A topical yes, topic. Do. 
We're talking about scams. Mm. We are talking about telephone, text, and email scams. And I was reading, I've now forgotten the number, of course, because we've just started the podcast, but I was reading, there's a more and more money's being extricated from um, innocent people by these scammers. Yeah, so here's the thing. As long as they work and as long as they're generating a return, they will keep happening. And we've seen them continue to happen and happen and happen and grow. And this is a bit like the whole malware thing, all the virus, uh, you know, people getting viruses, getting um, extorted for money. That type, it's an industry. And it happens because it's financially viable and people are making a lot of money on it. Sure, but illegally, but... Um, it's, so so know, let's it, let's 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 start at the beginning because there's a few and there's I, one which which right. really winds really winds me up. Now I know you're not a Facebook user, right? I, I know you don't use that, Facebook. I know you're you're very hard to find on Facebook, but Facebook you're continually getting bombarded with these things. Um, you know what's the yeah silly things like um, name a four digit number. This was the one I saw recently, and a whole oh. bunch of people I knew put four-digit numbers underneath. Now, how many of those do you reckon were pins? I reckon probably quite a few. And wow. um, and, and then there was a, a whole bunch of other things, you know, like um, uh, the last three digits of your phone number. If it's over 800, right, you don't get something. And people are putting the last three digits of their phone number or their phone number when they're a kid or their street address. And, and what they're not realizing is all of these questions seem innocuous by themselves. But if you start adding up mm. somebody's profile, which is not hard to mine, you mine their answers to these questions and suddenly you've got their secret answers that allow you to get into bank accounts and zero and all these different things because you've gone and hacked it over time. Well, that's just it. I mean, I, I just, um, I just saw this. I, I've been seeing the, the, I've been seeing this advertised for a long time. There was a movie on uh, Netflix called uh, The Great Hack, mm -hmm. which was the whole thing about the Cambridge Analytica um, information uh, debacle, yep. where they collected all this information out of Facebook primarily, but also other sources. So they had up to five thousand data points on each individual person. Yep. Therefore, they could work out if they wanted to target a specific group to behave a certain way, you just find the right combination of data points and say, yep. hey, if you send these people this message, you'll get that result. And this is the whole thing where people are collecting information on you, on your phone number, on your responses to certain things, on things like, you know, hey, will you respond to an ad if I ask you to type in a phone number? Yes. Okay. Gullible enough to respond to a dumb ad like that sort of thing. Yep. Well, um, the, the other ones which are really common is you get um, this, you know, couple of pages of text about uh, childhood cancer or something that's a good cause. Oh, yes. And at the bottom it says, well, you don't really support this if you don't copy and paste this in its entirety into your timeline. And the, yes. reason they're, the reason they're doing that is because it's very easy once you've got this boilerplate text to harvest who's done that. So you now know where they're mm. susceptible to things, what things they're interested in, which things they're prepared to go to that effort. Because really none of your friends want you to copy and paste a whole bunch of text onto your timeline. They're, they don't. They didn't come up with it. Somebody with with nasty intent and i i'm kind of bored now of going back on every time i see one going hey guys this is somebody trying yeah. to extort your data it's, it doesn't go down well but do you know what i spent some time on the internet and i found the originator of all of this oh go on yes it happened to be a prince in nigeria 
<laughs> and one day, this this prince just seemed to have been given all this gold and had to find some way to get rid of it. So, mm. so it's so, it's so that's that's the the ones that you don't you can't really work out you're being scammed, but you are being yes right, and yeah, you're being but, scammed over time. But there's there's more. There's more directed ones at the moment, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, I've actually got a pair of a pair of socks with the uh, you know, uh, "I'm a Nigerian prince, please send monies." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> From one of the antivirus vendors. It's quite funny. Um, but that was the original thing. The the, the original N Nigerian prince scam saying. Oh, actually, way way before that. Way before that, you know, way before way that, before that. in okay. in 2001 was the "I love you" virus. Actually, oh, so before that. It was emails sent to people with the subject, I love you, and then attached to it was a Word document, and inside the Word document was a macro virus. Mm. And it was actually yes. back in the 90s. And people were so desperate to be loved that millions of people clicked on this thing. And, and what it did, part of what it did, part of its payload, was to open up your email and send an email to everybody you know saying, I love you, with this yes. Word document attached. And that's how it spread. That was, that was really one of the very early ones. We talk about that being a, a virus or a worm, but in a way, it's a scam. It is. And then look, after 20 years of it, it's resulted in the combination of the Essential Aid having disabled office macros office macros despite the fact they're really useful we'll disable yes. them because of that that, that <laughs> approach yeah. so what so we, let's go on so we talked oh, a bit saying, about what else have you seen out there i mean there's the the thing about um oh you've got a camera on your computer and i've been watching everything you do i've seen those websites you went to and unless yeah, you but, send me a thousand dollars i'm going to tell yeah. everyone in your address book those bad sites you've been going to so, so those can be quite sophisticated. Those are, I've, I've seen some mm. of those which are quite nicely targeted where they've gone on the dark web, done a search for your email address, found passwords, and yes. actually in that email to you, they've stated your login, your password, please yes. send Bitcoin, I've been watching you. They haven't been watching you, right? There's, there's, first no, of all. Of and, and I know some people get embarrassed by this, but my family wouldn't care. In fact, they get really bad. So, so I, I'm, I'm not phased by that. But that's one we've certainly seen in the wild. People panic over getting an email like that and go, what am I going to do? But again, it's a scam to extort money. Do you know why those were not as popular uh, or didn't generate as big a return as they could have? Go on. And, and the trick is that the target audience for that are the ones that, in most cases, don't understand what to do with Bitcoin or about Bitcoin. Yes. So when the person's asking for, hey, send me like one Bitcoin or you know, 0.1 Bitcoin. They, they wouldn't have a clue do? how to do it. Like, what do I do this? Oh, I've got to go and get some help to send a Bitcoin to someone. Yep. And if I go and get help, I've got to show them the email, which means now I'm in trouble because... <laughs> yep. Yes. yep. And so so there's, there's those ones. I think I really rarely get caught by these because I don't so so some of the mm. things you should think about and we'll summarize these at the end but don't click on links right when you get links through text or email just don't click on them right? don't don't find another way to verify it before you go and do that so don't don't click on links um, but my, my favorite scam was one that caught me and I'll tell you the story it was a, a rainy day on circular key in Sydney when we were allowed out of the house remember that all those mm. years ago 
and um, it, it started raining and I went into one of those dodgy shops at the front of Circular Quay there and I, I bought an umbrella for an exorbitant amount. I'm sure they double the amount they cost when it starts raining, but I, I bought an umbrella. And I walked out of the shop, I unpacked my umbrella, I opened it up. As I opened it up, I got a text. And the text was really well presented. First of all, the number it came from wasn't a number, it was text. It says St. George Bank or something very similar. Um, and it said, we've noticed a, um, uh, uh, a suspicious transaction. Well, I've just made a transaction, so timing's pretty good, right? We've noticed a suspicious transaction. Please log in to St. George Internet Banking, right? Um, and, and verify the transaction. And they provided a link. And I clicked on the link and up came the login for St. George Internet Banking. And I typed my username and password twice and couldn't get in before I went, oh, no, which instantly re responded in me phoning the bank and going, yes. guess what I just did? So they went, ah, oh, okay, well, we'll change your password and, and, and nobody's logged in yet. We'll change your password, blah, 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 off you go. But brilliant, got me. And they got me because they were lucky that they got the timing right. But this is mm. where those tech scams are quite scary because it's very easy to put not the number you come from, but a name and make that name anything you want. You can really pretend. And my wife got one the other day from OzPost. And she oh, showed yes. it to me. And she said she had seven normal texts from OzPost and a scam. And the scam said, the, the normal ones from OzPost said, you've got a package coming today. The reference number is X. And you can put that into their website and do things. The scam one said, you have a package coming today. Click this link. Now, mm, my, that's my right. smart wife didn't click the link because she thought that's a bit different. But for most people, they don't think. And that suddenly you're in a position where you, you are in normally one of these sites where they say, oh, you've been a customs fee to release it. Just put in your credit card details. It looks like I was supposed to go do it and, and you start losing yeah. money. Well, look, we've been running uh, phishing awareness campaigns for clients recently, just in the last batch of these that we've done. And it's, it's, it's interesting to find how many sets of credentials we manage to get each time. From, so, so, that, so let's, let, me, let, me, yeah. let me explain the process of, of what you've been doing with customers there, just for listeners who don't know what phishing campaign is. So what, what, what Scott and the team have done is they've sent um scam emails to everyone in an organization but when when you click on the link you don't go to a scammer's site you go to one that we manage um and we keep the data and it's kept secure but it's to identify yeah you know, who's falling for these things and i i believe the ones you sent were just really bad, bad grammar they had rubbish english they were spelt they, wrong they were very average yeah, yes, they really average and them as bad as we could get them in the templates just so that look we want to see who's getting caught by the really obvious stuff. You just look at this and go, there's no way that's real. Yet we're still getting a lot of click-throughs, and that's the concerning part. Yeah, so I saw one of the mitigations you gave, and I quite like this one, is you said organisations need to make a mandate that you cannot use your work account to log into anything that's not work. So you can't use it for LinkedIn or Facebook or any of those other things because that protects you. Well, that's it. I mean, so we we have the ability to search the dark web for all of the accounts and databases um, that contain cracked sites where things like the Facebook's 50 million users when that was breached and they've got a list of mm -hmm. here's 50 million accounts, here's the passwords at the time. Right, so all of those types of instances, LinkedIn's in there, there's, oh, there's thousands of them. There's big databases out that contain all this. We can search that 
and for any particular organization, run a report and show here's what's available on the dark web from what users, what passwords are known and so forth. And we've done these for some clients and gone into them and said, look, see these people? Their work corporate accounts are used on these sites. And I'm looking, what's that? That's oh, Ashley Madison or whatever. And it's like, well, what are they going there for? And it's not so much, well, they're allowed to go there. It's their own choice, but they shouldn't be using their corporate email address well, as the well, content. Then, but that's, that's one of the things. But next you find they use the same password everywhere. And, and suddenly when there's a, a breach, you're into, yeah, I, I just imagine a scenario, and this is hypothetical, where an accountant who had access to tax file numbers and financial data for a bunch of people mm. you know, logged into, I don't know, one of the sites that was hacked. And there's some really, I, I, an example is, you know, some of the school's apps that are out there have yes. been hacked. Yes. Um, and so so you, you go, oh, you get a thing from the school, you're really busy, you use your work email address because you're going to remember it, use the password you always use, you log in, it gets hacked, that's on the dark web. Somebody buys those usernames and passwords for not very much mm. money and then goes, attempts a hack and, and logs into zero or logs into you know, your, your corporate environment. And if you haven't got multi-factor authentication, if you don't have decent passwords everywhere, if you're not blocking things on three tries, we could go on with the list. They're now in and committing certain types of crimes against your data. Mm. And now you've got a data breach. And now we're in all sorts of trouble. So that's, you know, so, here, so here's some, some advice. Don't click on links, right? Mm. Never. Right. Um, <laughs> do some training for your staff so they know which are dodgy emails and which aren't. Yeah, educate them. Right, and <laughs> continually do that because people are busy and they don't. You know, people in it's funny. People in our industry don't get caught as much. We're a little. We've seen a lot of these things before. I got <laughs> caught by that scam when I bought an umbrella. So no one's yeah, immune. You, you weren't thinking at the time and click, click, click. But uh, yep. but here's the thing: the um the online training that's available. These are, it's pretty simple and they only go for like, you know, between, you know, two and eight minutes or something like that for each session. You just schedule them over with your, with your organization. Hey, every week, watch one of these videos. No, it takes a few minutes and it, it, they're pretty quick. They're direct. They spell, look, here's an example. Here's what happens when you do this. Here's the outcome. Don't do this. Be aware of this. Be aware. And they're pretty simple things. So, so let me, I'm going to, going to bring up another one. So we've done, we've talked about Facebook. Yeah, okay. About text. We haven't talked about is phone scams because they can be quite yes. fascinating. So especially I'll recently. Give, yeah, I'll give you some ex I'll give you some examples which are real and not scams. And and this is this is what makes them complicated. So one of the big charities, we've supported it forever, right? We really have. And it always goes on my wife's credit card and my wife went and changed her credit card. So different numbers, blah blah blah. So they phoned me up because I'm the it's my wife's card, but it's my, my name, whatever, however it works. So they phoned me up and said, are your credit cards expired? I said, yeah, absolutely it has. Right? We, we know about that. We're, we're, ready, we're ready for it. They go, Do you, would you give us the new card details? I went, no. Well, why not? Says the lady on the phone. Says, I don't know who you are. I told you who I was. I said, I've got no way of verifying that. Okay, you came from a Melbourne number. That's all the data I have. Um, no, I'm not giving you my credit card details. However, if you want to email me a link to your website, 
right? Or the, the where I need to go on the website to do it. I'm happy to do that. If you want to give me a number, I can call in a reference number. That's cool too. I'm I'm happy to do that. But um, and I'll go double check that it really is their number and and those sorts of things. But yeah, but I've had calls like that from not just charities, mm. but I've had calls like that from statutory bodies as well. And mm-hmm. when you you talk to a, a statutory body and you go, no, I'm not just going to I'm not just going to pay you here and now on the call. Right? You called me. I can't verify who you are. Some people get really narky about that. Well, interestingly enough, quite a few years ago, I had the ATO ring me just to <laughs> clarify something. Um, it was a legitimate call, and um, the person says, "Yeah, I'm from the ATO. I want to do this." But I said, "That's fine. Um, look, I really don't know you from." anybody else, uh, can I ring you back on the ATO phone number? And it went quiet. And she said, well, no one's ever done that before. I don't actually know how to, how you would ring me. <laughs> well, let you see that as an issue. Yeah, so so that's, that's funny because mm. a few organisations, the statutory ones, will try and identify you. So they go, can I mm. get your name, address, date of birth, and you know, Medicare number or, or whatever it is? And you go... No, you phoned me. No, I'm not giving you that over the phone. But the funny thing is, almost everybody does. Mm. We're we're very trusting. And I think that's where telephone scams can be really effective. It it is. And a couple of of the calls I've had from statutory bodies or possibly banks, um, when they've had overseas call centers ringing up on a it's either a, a marketing thing or something like that they said i just need to verify who i'm talking to you know um can you give me this no well why not i don't give those details over the phone uh, okay well how about then can you give me this no i can't give you that either i says okay well look let's continue blah, 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 blah. I said, really i didn't give you anything you haven't verified me you're still willing to have this conversation that's yeah. where's that heading anyway, it's funny um, it's funny so there's, so these, there's um, weird things like that but those yeah. exploiting that is crazy easy now the new ones which and it's quite funny well i yeah i do podcasts so i have in my home office i've got i've got audio equipment i've got lights and cameras and all sorts of things and one of the things my audio equipment will do is it'll let me hook my phone in when i have a bunch of people on a call and somebody can call my mobile phone and i can patch it into the call and everyone on the call can talk to the person on the end of the phone blah blah, blah. so on friday we were having our end of week drinkies with some friends and a scammer called <laughs> and i went oh this is brilliant so it was from a uk number so i just put him straight through um into the call so injected into the call all my friends they were all having a glass of wine at the end of the week and and he he, he goes i'm from yeah something to do with um pandemic response and i said to him, look before you carry on just so you know this call may be recorded for quality and coaching purposes and he went you don't have to do that you know i said no 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 i'm just informing you because we were it was a live stream so we were recording the call um but he kept on talking and attempting to scam me for, for quite, and I was got quite silly with him in the end, and he hung up. But but he really tried to affect a scam, even though I told him the call was being recorded, even though he could hear the other people laughing. Right? It was it must have been really obscure for the guy, and I do feel for him. But um, but yeah, that was, and there's lots of those, and then you get the ones which are the recorded messages. This is border uh, force, right? Yeah, there is a there is a warrant for your arrest. That's one yes. of my favourites. There's a legal case outstanding. It is about to be prosecuted unless you ring this <laughs> ASAP. 
Yeah. So just so everybody knows, you don't get phone calls like that if there's a warrant for your arrest, right? They come and arrest you, really. Well, yes, they're unlikely to ring you up and warn you of the warrant. <laughs> Please run away. <laughs> there's a warrant. They're just trying yeah. to extort money from you. That's all that's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, so the interesting thing is there were some recent law changes mm -hmm. uh, where previously uh, you're allowed to block your number. So um, the CLIP, call a line identification presentation, um, mm -hmm. where you can actually block your number from being displayed. So you used to have these unknown, these private calls coming through. Yep. So you never know who that was. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Oh. And you actually have to show a number when you're ringing someone. And generally, as a business, you have to show a number that represents this is the business the call is coming from. Mm -hmm. So that started to cause problems for all these agencies, all these um, uh, spammers and companies overseas that do all this, you know, phone spam and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So if you've noticed recently, um, oh, and by the way, the, um, the, the carriers, the telcos, have actually got to put controls in place now to ensure that when you're making calls, you're only allowed to make them and publish numbers that you own. Wow. So that's all sort of work in progress, uh, yep. which is quite interesting. Um, but um, just recently, I've started to get these mobile calls and someone, a, a mobile number would ring me. I say, I've just missed a call from you. So, well, who are you? They'd say, well, who am I? So, I didn't oh, I got, I, got, I got one of yes. those. Yeah. Yes. I'm just you know returning why? a call. Go on. Do you know why? So this is because people are trying to use your phone number as they are mine and anybody else that answers because they know it's a valid phone number now to impersonate what used to be they could previously block as a private call. Now they've got to publish a number. Well, let's publish a number that actually works. So they'll actually go and ring all these mobile numbers and find out who's answering. Great, let's use these. And it won't be the same one every time when you can track it back. I'll go and collect a thousand numbers and just rotate around the use of all of them all over the place. So it's really difficult to find patterns and to find where these calls are coming from. But wow. you then get people ringing back saying, oh, you just rang me. I missed a call. Why did you ring me? What's this all about? You said, I really didn't ring you. You did, you did. I just got your, you, you rang me. I really did not ring you. I said, yes. Hmm. That's, so that's fascinating. So what, definitely watch out for those. Yeah. So, so um, you know, so let's summarise the advice. I'm just mindful of time. And, and uh, some big news, this is episode 50. This is the Ooh. 50th wind-down we've recorded today. Oh, yay for us. We should ring some <laughs> people. Let me ring using your number. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you could. We patch it through. I, Except my, my phone's we, on. We used, to, we used to be able to publish whatever number you like. We actually had a soft switch at one point, And I rang someone using 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And literally, that's the number that appeared on their phone. And I, I just made it up. So it actually wasn't that hard to do. Wow. Prior to these that, things getting that's, down. that's kind of cool. So, so let's, yeah. let's summarize the advice. This is what you should tell yourself. Give them some training. Yes. I think that's important. Don't click on links. Never use your work email address to sign up for anything ever that's not Correct. something work. Use multi-factor authentication because we'll just chuck that in because you just should just do that anyway. Yes. Right? Um, never give people personal details over the phone unless you know who they are. And, by and don't assume that because you're on a mobile phone, you're safe. Yes. Yes. No, Just that's the same browser that opens up. And Oh, yes. So, so yes, if you click a link, you can get malware on your phone as much as you can get it on your PC, as much as you can get it everywhere else. Mm. Don't do not assume you're safe at all. Um, Scamwatch. The, um, yes. Uh, the ACCC, Australian Consumer and 
Competition Commission. You know, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, they Something run like Scamwatch. So you can go to scamwatch.gov.au and report scams and see the latest updates. But they actually said $211 million was lost to uh, scams last year. Wow. In Australia. wow. And these wow. Are, this isn't what yes, I'm saying. up saying, you know, I've, I've noticed what you've done on your computer. Send me $211 million or I'll publish it. This is lots of little transactions, which means... There's a lot of people out and, there getting caught, and that's that's the losses reported to Scamwatch. That's right. There's way the more out there. Know about. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That was awesome. That was lots of fun, Scott. I, I, yeah, I, I certainly that. certainly you know, didn't know that about the caller line identification stuff. I did not know people had numbers in, but yes. yes. But now you mentioned it, I haven't seen a unknown or private number for ages. So that must be what's going on there. So fascinating but mm. cool thank you for that uh, hopefully well, everyone's learned something from that happy, um, certainly if uh, happy, happy 50th, 50th episode <laughs> yes. 50th, 50th, 50th. Yes. <laughs> yes so if you are watching online now thank you so much and um, thank you for watching the live stream we're available on um, linkedin facebook and youtube i don't know which one you found us on but but thank you please leave us a like um subscribe youtube hit the little bell so you get notified when we publish one of these we publish them every week on a wednesday so so do come along um if you're listening to this or watching this later thank you so much for hanging around till, till the end i do appreciate it um do subscribe to our podcast in whatever your favorite podcast platform is and that could be everything from spotify to apple I, I, Apple Podcasts on iTunes or um, um, AmazonAudible.com now, which is which is where we are. Mm. Um, but really appreciate you listening in today. Um, I think that's it for us, isn't it, Scott? Yeah, I think so. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>